Hey everyone and welcome to But That's Just My Opinion, the podcast hosted by me, Matt Landrip, where I interview people about strong opinions they have on a topic of their choice. Today we got David Navarro for our first full interview. He's talking about band identity. We have a real interesting conversation about when does a band stop becoming or stop being that band? When do they become something different, something almost like another band at that point. I think we have a lot of fun with the conversation and you can really draw your own conclusions from it if you want and pretty much make up your own mind because that's the great thing about opinions. Uh, (laughs) So my opinion today, uh, I'm recording this on July 5th. So happy Independence Day to everyone out there. I hope you had a great 4th of July. First, I just want to say thank you to everyone in the service for allowing us to have our independence and to keep our independence and making this country stay free and allow us to have all the freedoms that we have. But my actual opinion today is about Kevin Durant to the Warriors. Yesterday, he announced that he is going to be playing for the Golden State Warriors instead of Oklahoma City Thunder, where he's been playing pretty much his whole career. Again, I'm not the biggest basketball guy, but I follow, I'd like to follow along. So I understand why he went. He wanted He wants rings. That's what most players in sports want. They want rings. They either want to get paid or they want rings. And Kevin Durant's already getting paid, and he knows he'll get paid wherever he goes, so he wants rings. And you can't be mad at that. I mean, personally, I was not the biggest fan of LeBron James going to the Heat. I didn't like the way LeBron James went to the Heat. I didn't in the way that he did like the special announcement and all this stuff, and it it just felt really insincere. But Kevin Durant was just like, hey, you know what, I'm, I'm, thank, thank you so much, everybody in Oklahoma City, I'm going to the, I'm going to go play Golden State now and try to win a ring, he's probably only going to do a one-year contract anyways, but I mean, he went, he wants to win rings, that's all there is to it, he wants to win rings, and he doesn't think he can do it anymore there, and you, people can't be mad at that, I mean, yeah, it sucks, I know as a big Giants fan, when people leave the team and go somewhere else, is. If it's not their opinion, like when Pablo Sandoval went to the Red Sox this year, I was just or two years ago, I was just like, seriously, dude, like you didn't want to stay because of a weight clause because you just wanted to eat all the time, and he wasn't worried about rings. He already had three. He was just trying to go make money, and he didn't leave on the greatest of terms. But wish him all the best, and he's not doing too great now. But you know, you can't you you do what you do, and you make your own life choices, and you don't really have to explain it to anyone else. And Kevin Durant doesn't have to explain it to anyone else. He is doing what he wants to do, and that's that. So if anyone wants to be really mad about it and burn his jersey and stuff, that's pretty stupid. Um, keep your jersey. He's probably coming back like LeBron did after he wins a couple rings. So don't worry about it, Oklahoma City. You'll have him back soon enough. All right. Well. Now we're going to get into the ep- episode, so I'm kind of going to start, things just start off as a casual conversation, and then I'll introduce the guest partway th- a little bit into that, and, uh, and that's when the conversation will really start, so hope you guys enjoy the episode, and here we go. Well, I'll start recording now. Perfect. Only <laughs> only a half an hour into this conversation. I know, but we weren't really talking about anything except yeah, my well, ex-roommates. Ex- ex-roommates, uh, yeah, the chimpanzee that ran through the room and attacked us both. Oh, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. absolutely crazy. The, the mosquito that I caught with my pinky. Why are you? Why do you keep looking at it? Because uh, I'm, I'm trying to, I don't know, I don't know. You're fine. There was a you light on. You can hear on. yourself well, right? I can hear myself, yeah. Yeah, then you're fine. It was just a matter of, there was a light and it was bright and I was distracted <laughs> by it. Oh, shiny and bright. Yeah, I'm like a cat, essentially, is what I'm getting at. And that describes our first guest today. <laughs> <laughs> well, our only guest today. David, say hello. Hi. Introduce yourself fully, I guess. Uh, I guess my name is David. Uh, my name is David Navarro, and I know Matt. And Matt is a friend of mine. I was just at his wedding. It's beautiful. Yes, yes he um, was one of my groomsmen. I was. Uh, Matt and I met in college, and we played video games together and watched movies together and talked about comics and music and realized that we don't have a lot in common, but we both have very strong opinions. And we enjoy discussing those opinions, yep. no matter how heated it may get. <laughs> So this could get heated today, um, which could be fun. Oh, absolutely. Especially because I want to shit talk about a couple things that you like. I know, and I will strongly defend them. But the whole point is that I'm going to let you completely de- completely state your opinion. I, I will defend it if I feel completely necessary, but I'm not here to rebut you. I'm not here to do anything. I just want to know your opinion, how you got there, and why you have it. Okay. So we're I think gonna, I think for a lot of this, for my opinion, it's gonna be based on 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 me asking, positing you questions. 
Okay, so I guess you're going to be the Yeah, I'm going to interview you about my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I guess. Well, welcome to David's podcast, I guess. Where Matt is going to be my guest and host. <laughs> yeah, I'll be the uh, guest host every week. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're at his house, but he's, he's guesting on my hosted podcast. Welcome. This is, that's just my opinion. The funny thing. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm your host, Dave Navarro. Well, but the funny thing is it's probably going to end up turning into me and you like three weeks later just being like, oh, we'll just add one more mic and we'll just do it with a bunch of our friends. Exactly. It'll be fine. It'll be just me and you have differencing opinions and then some other person tries to not get mad at us <laughs> while we yell at each other. <laughs> so pretty much we're just going to bring in a guest each week. Yeah, we bring in a moderator. <laughs> moderator <laughs> The Marvel movies go, oh, all right, calm down, guys. Exactly. Uh, just me and you yelling and then, and then, oh, you know what we'll need? We'll just need like one female voice to play. So we have like the zoo radio thing going on. So it's me and you, and then one, oh, fellas, you know, that whole thing. I'll just record Carly in the other room going, oh. come on, guys, shut up. And then she'll... We could just stalk Carly, because we could just get her to say a bunch of normal, like, oh, David, you're such an idiot, or like, Matt, shut up, just a bunch of those. And we don't then, have yeah. to stalk her. We can just put her in the chair next to me. She is my wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then she has to be here every week. Otherwise, we could just have her do like one hour of recording, get all the voiceover work done, then just cut it in as necessary. See, that's the thing. <laughs> I'll just, we'll just put mic, we'll put one mic on her. Me and you will just talk without mics, and then she'll just react into the mic, and that's what we'll use. Oh, okay. Well, we can do that. It'll be perfect. And it'll just have a sound bar. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. So, David, his strong opinion that we're going to be talking about today is band identity. So whether bands should keep their identity, how they change throughout their career as a band, you know, starting a new band. Whether that makes, you know, whether you got to stay the same as the old band because it's mainly members or whatever, and just pretty much anything you ever felt about a band, how they changed throughout their career, we're going to talk about it. Uh, yeah, and I have a strong opinion about this because I think everyone is doing it wrong, except for Sublime with Rome. I think they did it absolutely, uh, absolutely perfect. What uh, about bands that are still full members? Uh, bands that are still full members, uh, we'll get into that very, very soon, I'm sure, because <laughs> bands like Linkin Park piss me right the F off. Um. Yeah. So I th- I think the the yeah, the please. place we have to start is is with a philosophical concept, which I'm going to talk about, and Matt's already sneering at me because <laughs> I I have a philosophy degree that most of my friends call useless, but I say makes me very interesting. We say likes to make him homeless. Also makes me homeless. Uh, I pay lots of rent. Thank you, Matt. Well, that's <laughs> not because of your philosophy degree. No, no, no. It's no. because you flip burgers. I do flip burgers at a high end burger. Place. I flip burgers very well. Thank you. you I do. also I also pour beer. And I smile and say thank you to people. And you're welcome. Anyways, so... <laughs> and so you the, have a hipster mustache. They're like, oh, he must really need it. Dude, I, I think the mustache actually gets me better tips when I pour beer. Because I think people think that I know what I'm talking about when I talk about beer because I have a mustache. Probably. I thought you had also, what it's you curled now. about beer. Oh, you did. But <laughs> oh also, since God, I started curling, curling it, it, yeah. I got mustache wax and it actually curls. And now I think people respect me more. I haven't been id I respect since, you less. I, I know you do. But like people like when they walk into my very hipster restaurant and they're like, "Oh, like can I get like this weird burger with like all this weird shit on it?" And I was like, "Yeah, of course, it's delicious." And I think they think I'm an authority because I have a curly mustache. Like the more hipster I look, I think the more hipster authority I have. You're just gonna come in with overalls and glasses without lenses one day and just start charging thirty dollars for a burger, and they'll be like, "Oh, we get it." Well, we're we're close to thirty dollars, so yeah, we're, we're almost there. All I need is the overalls, really. Yeah, I'm so <laughs> glad you give me free food when I come in, even though it's not your restaurant you own. You're gonna have to edit that out because my boss will fire me for that. <laughs> Staying in. Okay, that so philosophy degree work for you. <laughs> well. Bringing back to my point, yes, uh, the philosophical concept that I think we have to talk about uh, is Theseus's ship. Um, and yeah, you'll have to explain that. I'm, I'm going to because I'm assuming that most of our listeners are our friends, which are dumb people. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're all very intelligent people, but David I don't think hates you know this, everyone. This abstract philosophical concept. Uh, it's actually a fun philosophical concept. It's one of my favorites to talk about um, because the whole idea is you have a ship. So let's imagine that it's Matt's ship. Because Theseus is a funny name to say, and I don't want to say it a thousand times. So let's imagine that Matt has a ship. What's the name of my ship? It's called Matt's ship. Um, and every time that's that a horrible ship, name. it is. But you named it that because you're dumb. Uh, so you're you're sailing from. <laughs> let's say you're sailing you're from New York to uh, the UK, right? You're just going to sail right across the Atlantic. When you start sailing, let's say it's a wooden ship, and let's say after the first couple of days, you realize that you know a couple of the planks are a little old. There's a little you know. They're leaky or whatever, so you pull them off, you put on new planks, you toss those planks over, you know, a couple new replacements, essentially, on the ship. Uh, after another couple of days, 
uh, happens again. And throughout the entire voyage, you realize that at one time or another, every single plank on your ship is rotted or old or has a leak on it. So you keep taking the, the, the bits off and you throw it into the sea. And by the time that you get to the other side of the ocean, the ship that you're on is no longer the ship that you left on, right? It's it's completely new wood. On every single plank is is a new piece of wood. How are you getting the wood in the middle of the ocean? You have a delivery system. It's a helicopter that brings you extra wood whenever you need it. You okay, call if them. we're in a time of helicopters, why the hell is my ship not made out of metal? Uh, well, because you wanted the the adventure of sailing the high seas on a wooden ship. I don't ship have that sails. money, and I'm not that pretentious. Well, let's imagine you were. Anyways, so <laughs> sorry. Just... So so the problem the, the problem is. Is the ship that you left with your ship, or is the ship that you arrived with your ship, and are they the same ship? Right? I would posit that they are not the same ship. I would say that the ship that you started on was match ship, you know, one, and then the ship that you ended on is match ship two. It's a new ship. Yeah. Right? All the pieces of it are different. But the idea of the ship is still the same. Just right. because something's new, that's like saying, like, oh, you're David, like, you're 24, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so you're David 24.0 because now you have different skin and different right. hair and follicles. Right, and that's that's an interesting concept as well. However, I think when we get into to problems of self, I think the idea of self is more contained with uh, with your brain, your mentality, your consciousness. My consciousness has never changed, so I think that I could say that I have always been one David. I just have new hardware. In the same way that my PC might get new hardware but have the same hard drive, and so it's kind of the same setup. Well, technically, if like, yeah, I get what, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. So, so back to the ship, though. The problem is, let's say all those those. So pieces, we're saying every single part of the ship. There's nothing the yeah, same. There's, about there's it. not an original piece of the ship that makes it to the other side of the ocean, right? It's for all intents and purposes a different ship. Like every single piece. Now, here's the fun part. Let's say in in some sort of weird magical realism world that we're living in, where you are riding the ship. Every single piece of wood that you throw off of the edge then washes up on the same exact shore. And let's say that I'm standing there and I rebuild the ship out of all the tossed off planks from your old ship. But they ended up on, the, <coughs> excuse me, on the new shore. Yeah. So let's no no no. Let's say like I'm sitting in, in the middle of an island in between you know somewhere in the Atlantic. Oh, and, so just any shore. Yeah, any shore. And every single plank from the original ship is washed up onto the shore. And I take all those planks and I rebuild the ship. Is so like that the exact specifications? To the exact specifications. Is that match ship? No, I would call that your ship. Okay. Now we're somewhere. Now you have an opinion on this as well. Because here's the problem. Opinions, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> here's the problem. When a band breaks up or when a band loses members, it's like throwing planks of wood off of the ship, right? Now I would argue, like I said earlier, that the ship that you arrive in is a different ship than the ship that you left in. Right? So every time you throw off a piece of wood, you're quantifiably in a new ship as far as I'm concerned. So every time you cast off a band member, you are in a new band. <coughs> Follow? Follow. Okay, so how is Blink-182 still Blink-182? They're not. They're Blink-182 with Matt Skeeban. I think they're better for it. Right, and, but that's, that's the problem, is they're still calling themselves Blink-182, and now there's this whole debate about, like, oh, well, Blink-182's coming out with a new album, the same way that, you know, uh, Sublime, I think, is the perfect example of who did it right. Sublime with Rome is Sublime minus original so pretty much what you're mad about is the marketing decision by the record labels not to change a band's name uh yeah and the integrity of the band to not force them to change their name but i think it goes a little bit farther as well because i think brand identity or band identity goes farther than just the members brand identity practically yeah i mean it is technically a brand identity but i think it goes deeper than just band members so for instance fallout boy i don't think fallout boy should be called fallout boy anymore well, they still play all the old Fall Out Boy songs. They still end every single show with Saturday. I saw them recently. Which, they do this. Which is totally phenomenal if they're doing all that live. But the music that they're coming out with and releasing should not be called Fall Out Boy then. There's, this last album they released is not a Fall Out Boy album in the traditional sense of what Fall Out Boy was. What I'm saying is it's a new, it's a new band identity. But if you look at Fall Out Boy's career, and they're one of my favorite bands, so I've been following them ever since their first album. Mm-hmm. If you look at their career... It makes sense. They got poppier along the way. So it made sense that when they came back, they made an even poppier record. Exactly. But now think about it with, with the idea of Theseus' ship. Throughout their, their career, they've thrown off pieces of wood and replaced it with new pieces of wood. So they need to add a 2.0 to the end of their name. They, to make they need to happy. add it. Yeah, absolutely. They need to change the name of Fall Out Boy. So you were just really... Wow, okay. Yeah. You see what, you see what I'm getting at? <laughs> I totally get what you're saying, but uh-huh. I just think like you're so... What you, so what you have a strong opinion about is mm-hmm. being 
is a band not staying to their first album or their first two album roots. No, what I'm saying is is a is a band needs to to identify what their identity is, and when they start straying too far from their identity via losing members, changing their style, changing their sound, changing their philosophy and music writing, I think they then have to consider themselves a new band. And I don't think it's a, it's a <coughs> black and white scenario, especially with people or bands like Fall Out Boy, where there is this slow progression from what they were to what they are now. I think there has to be a point where, yeah, you know, there is a line somewhere along that spectrum of their their career where they changed from what they were to what they are now, and there's like they're two distinct things, as opposed to this this slow progression from one thing to another. Yeah, no, I totally get what you're saying, but right. I mean, technically, Fall Out Boy has had a slow progression from one thing to another. They've had six albums, right? But but then where we have to identify where the line is where they stopped being the pop punk band they were and became no, when they the broke up and came are. back. Right. So then everything after that? So that's a four that's like a 6 year difference. Right. So everything after that event would have to be a new band by my standard. By my, my your standard no one would make money. Uh see, that's where I think you're wrong. I think Fall Out Boy as a new band could still be marketable and maybe it wouldn't like have the same wholesale success but could still do really well and that's where it comes down to the idea of artistic integrity. I don't think the the artist is showing integrity in their work by changing by not changing their name and by trying to to capitalize on their their original success. Well, I mean that's just the way the world works though. Yeah, and it's a shame and it makes me question their integrity. See, now now if you take uh the other if you take not not the other side of the coin, but if you take another example out of the same record label uh for Fall Out Boy, uh Panic of the Disco. Uh they changed after their first album. But Panic the Disco, from when they got popular, when they got like really big and like their kind of mainstay idea, their most recent album is the same thing. It's that very it's like their last two albums, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's very high octane pop kind of emo influence, but like this really weird Panic the Disco sound. That is, essentially, once they lost everybody and it was just Brandon Urie by himself, he just went, "I want to be the new age Frank Sinatra." Right, but Brandon Urie kind of is the identity of. Panic. Panic of the Disco. Well, the original identity was completely different than the second album. Right. Because at first they had that like... Kind of like tr- Radiohead. I hate Radiohead. Well, so. Pablo Honey was an alternative rock album, and everything after that is a post-rock and or kind of this electronic uh, album. But like they're yeah. not what they were with Pablo Honey. In the same... Yeah, I mean, I think, I think a one or two, you know, that early kind of figuring themselves out stage is one thing. But I think once you've established yourself... As a, as a as genre staple, I think stretching too far out of that or out completely out of that genre is where you start losing your identity. Okay, so I understand that. I totally right. understand how you say that with Fall Out Boy. But how can you say that about Blink-182? They still have been putting out pop-punk music. May, it may not be the more immature, fast-paced pop-punk music because they're all 40 years old now, Right. but it's still pop-punk music. You're, you're absolutely right. In fact, the... The most praise I can give of this new Blink-182 album is that it sounds like a Blink-182 album. It, sa- I, it sounds. It really harkens back to their um, yeah. untitled. I mean, self-titled. Oh, absolutely. I mean, in the same way that I don't know if you've heard the the 2014. I want to say Lincoln Park album. It might be 2015. Oh, the uh, hunting party one. Yeah, but it kind of went back to like their hybrid theory, like hardcore. It was like roots. electronic meteora, which was already come out, kind of right. electronic. But like it went back to the like it, it really punk. It, it went really punk. Yeah, it sidestepped that minutes to midnight era where oh, they went like God. super YouTube generic pop punk kind of oddly political pretty much once they started doing songs for transformers yeah once they started doing songs for transformers they kind of they they sidestepped themselves and now they're going back to their roots um in the same way that i think blink 22 is going back to you know they're self-titled uh but there's only one album in between all that in which blink didn't really sound like blink and that's because tom was so influenced right. by Angels and Airwaves and, doing, and doing all that stupid stuff. And I mean, honestly, I can get into a 20-minute diatribe about the entire recording of that album mm-hmm. and how it's dumb, how it pretty much is all Tom's fault because he wouldn't listen to any tracking. He wouldn't listen to any finished songs. He wouldn't listen to anybody else's parts besides his own, and he would only listen to them once just to make sure it came out okay so he didn't have to re-record it. He was completely there for the cash grab. Right, and and that's 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 another entire thing we could have a very long, heated I have a strong opinion about discussion. Um, but I think the point I'm trying to get at in this, this scenario is, hmm, hold on. There was a thought process that I had <laughs> that I thought I would get to by the end of that sentence, and I didn't. I, I get what you're trying to say, though. So essentially, like, yeah, they may have 
they may have veered a little bit, but they got back on track. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think pivoting for an album or two and like finding the edges of your genre is a big deal. I think, I mean, uh, to to make a good example, um, uh, Mumford and Sons. Mumford and Sons' first album is this very weird Americana folk, you know, and they're all English indie so that's album. Weird. Right, but it's like they, they really embraced this Americana folk idea. And then their second album, it kind of strayed from that and it got really pop. But then this last album got away from that and went back to this more like generic, uh, maybe not generic is the right word, uh, this more universal folk sound. So they started stretching into other folk sounds. Well, they essentially brought in a full band and electric instruments. Right, but but what they, they went back to the idea of folk rock as opposed to going from folk rock to pop rock uh, to more pop rock and farther down the U2 homogenization sound route. They went back to that uh, folk idea and then just spread it out away from just Americana and towards this kind of larger scope. And that, I think, is very interesting as a band identity move because they've, I don't think they've ever stopped being Mumford & Sons because the key elements of what makes a Mumford & Sons album a Mumford & Sons album has, has stayed the same. And I don't think the second album was very good. I think it was Babel. Was yeah, that that I, I hated. Yeah, I stopped I, listening to them after that, so I don't know anything about the new album. The new album, I actually enjoyed a little bit. Uh, Babel was a disappointment, especially coming after their first album, which I thought was phenomenal. But back to my point with, with Blink-182. Blink-182, when we think of them in their, their heyday, what was their identity? It was, it was those guys, right? Yeah. And now without one of those guys, it's a different band. Yeah, I get that. But at the same time, they didn't go out and completely change their sound. They essentially brought in someone who's going to continue that same sound. Yeah, it's it's like if I got, you know, if I was making hamburgers instead of using beef, I used, you know, faux beef or I used, uh, you know, Boca burgers. I wouldn't say it's quite that same. I would say instead of using ground beef, maybe you use ground turkey or ground buffalo or something like that. I wouldn't say it's a completely, it's not a knockoff. It, it is, though. It is a knockoff. No, it's not. It's not, because it's still two of the main original members. And then a third piece that's a knockoff. Yeah, I mean, the burger still has the same bun. Uncle Lane Trio is not a knockoff. He's, he's a knockoff. He's not Tom. But he's not trying to be Tom, either. Oh, which is fine. But they're which trying to be Blink-182, and Blink-182 is one-third Tom. In the yeah. same way that a hamburger is at least one-third beef. I mean, hopefully. But what I'm getting at is, is if you replace the burger with turkey, it's a new sandwich. It's a turkey burger. Yeah, it's a turkey burger. So and it may have the same bun, burger, and it may have gotta, the same veggies, but it's a turkey burger, it's not a burger. That's adding the 2.0 that you're exactly. talking about. Exactly. It's not Blink anymore, it's Blink minus Tom. Or Blink with Matt Skiba. Or Black, yeah, Blink with Matt. Yeah. Either, either way, it's not... I don't think Blink-182 should be able to keep the Blink-182 name. And yeah, the decision to keep it is a marketing decision, and it's because they need to sell albums, which I think is a shame because they're, if they believed in their own integrity as artists, they would change their name, make a new band, market themselves as a new band, even market themselves as Blink Reborn or something to that effect, and just make a new identity. They did that. Angels and Airwaves and Plus 44. Right. But now why is there another Blink-182 album coming out? Because it's not Blink-182. It's Blink-182 with Matt. No, no. It's Blink-182. It's Sublime with Rome. It's, it's a new band. That's, I think that's totally different because Bradley was the face of Sublime, right? Right. So, and Tom was one-third of Blink. Yeah, but there's a difference. Bradley was the face of Sublime. Tom was a third of the face of Blink. Mm-hmm. So you're only changing one-third instead of essentially the entire identity. Okay, well, let's go back to Panic at the Disco. Okay. Brendan Yuri was the, the face, and now he's the only, only face. So that's why he gets to pretty much keep that, because the face is what runs the place. All right, so then, As John then Cena Blink-182 needs to cut off one-third of their name. Blink-18? Blink, well, I think Blink-1. Blink-1? Yeah, Blink-1 is the new name, officially, because right, isn't that about... Whatever, know. yeah, we'll just say Yeah, this. character-wise, I think we're close. I'm not going to do the math on that right now. Well, Blink's 5, 182 is 3, so it's 8, so a third is about 3. So yeah, <laughs> knock off the 8, too. You're missing the hyphen. Cut well, I don't know if you N, include the hyphen. The no, no, just cut off the N-E of 1, so it's Blinko. <laughs> just make it Blinko. And Why don't they just go square. Plinko and just be a <laughs> band all about, uh, what's it called? Oh, Price yeah. is Right. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a weird band. They'd just do like Bob Barker covers. <laughs> um, is Bob Barker still alive? Yeah. Oh, they could just get Bob Barker to be the lead singer. <laughs> Spray and do your pants. But then they'd have to call it uh, Plinko with Bob Barker. Yeah, I mean, okay. and, 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 and this is where we get to stuff like, like, how does Frank Turner then be Frank Turner with a band? 
Well, because saying? he writes all the songs. Right. But he, and he, his identity is just Frank Turner, and he has a band, in the same way that Bruce Springsteen has the E Street Band. See, like, that kind of stuff, like, I... I'm, the E Street Band has probably revolving members every once in a right, while. Right, exactly. And that I have more, I'm more okay with, because the identity, yeah, is that main figure. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's a new and another gray area to get into. So pretty much as long as, like, the main face doesn't change they can stay well i think i think it's it's more more gray than that i think it's the concept of whatever we associate with the band in the same way that we think of uh and i'm using air quotes that to you visually work but don't for the podcast so air quotes uh the band (laughs) and air quotes has to have an identity. Whatever we associate with, air quotes, the band, and air quotes. You don't have to say that. I know. Just <laughs> don't use air quotes anymore. Okay. We get it. So whatever we associate with the band, I think, is what we have to, to consider the identity. And so when I think of, for instance, Frank Turner and whatever his band name is right now. I don't know. Uh, then it's, it's Frank Turner is the identity of that band. And whatever he does, I mean, like when you see him live, it's really very much Frank Turner is the identity of the live show. In the same way that the albums are the identity, you know, is, is Frank Turner. Same thing with Bruce Springsteen. I think Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band can always be Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band, no matter who's in the E Street Band, even if it's Tom Morello and the entire cast of Rage Against the Machine plus Chester Bennington, because fuck it, why not? Um, so, like, you just combine, like, five things that actually happened all into one. Yeah, exactly. And then still call it the E Street Band. I don't care, because that's not the point of the band. The band is, it's, it's Bruce Springsteen, and whatever band is up there is the E Street Band. Who cares? I get that. But so just kind of to counter that, uh you're saying if it's the same band, then it's fine, right? Well, no, no. What I'm saying is is what we associate with the identity of the band, as long as that stays the same, I think they can keep their name. So Fall Out Boy. Right. Never changed a member. Right. But when we think of the band Fall Out Boy, what is the imagery we get? What is the thought we have? I honestly, probably because I'm a big fan, it's their entire choreography for me. Yeah. Well... What I might I th- be an outlier on this, though. Exactly. You may be. And, and that's fine, because then uh, that even deepens this confusion. I think I am, because last time I saw them, like, half the crowd started leaving during Saturday, and uh, I just wanted to start yelling at all of them. Well, I'm like, like, they still have the last song, and everyone's walking out, and pretty much everyone over the age of, like, 19 stayed. Everyone under the age walked out. Well, that's a, that's a crying shame, but when I think of, of Fall Out Boy, the first image I have in my head is the Dear Boy from the concept album, or uh, the concept video for... Uh, sugar it's not a concept video it was the music video right but then they came out with a second video for that no they didn't yeah they did no they didn't i'm almost positive that they came out with a second video for that no the dear boy is the official music video for sugar we're going down okay so so regardless of don't tell uh, me of my follow boy okay. knowledge <laughs> so so if that's the actual music video that's fine but when i think of a follow boy i think of that moment i think of that song i think a little bit of dance dance i think a little bit of well basically i'm thinking of like those those first couple albums grand theft autumn yeah i'm thinking of that like that really awesome pop punk with this again most pop punk has a bit of an emo influence to it but like oh yeah totally but but Fall Out Boy had this very strong aesthetic that I really enjoyed. It was very aggressive and the, fast-paced. And they were like the founders of the pop-punk emo movement. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're definitely... And their sound is very iconic of, that, of both those movements gaining a lot of speed. Um, and so when I think of that, and now I see this new Fall Out Boy, there's, there's a disconnect for me. And I think there's a disconnect for a lot of people in that sense. And then, you know, you move on to stuff like Brandon Urie and, and Panic! The Disco. When you think of of Panic! the Disco, you think of him. You think of him in the top hat and the cane yeah. doing the Clockwork Orange thing. And that's and that imagery is still there. He's still doing the crazy bullshit. You know, Death of a Bachelor was all that. You know what I mean? It's all top hat and canes, essentially, yeah. auditorially. And so I'm getting at is, is when we think of, whatever we think of when we say the band's name, whatever we think of when we think of Linkin Park, as mm-hmm. long as that stays the same... I think they can keep the name, which gets into a weirder gray area because now, like kids today who pick up albums like Linkin Park and pick up their new stuff, or like you know, Minutes to Midnight, people yeah. who grew up with Linkin Park, Minutes to Midnight is their Linkin Park. Now this is kind of a weird album to those kids, whereas to me that makes more sense. This yeah. is the Hunter Prey, whatever it's called, the Hunting Party, the Hunting Party. Um, yeah, so I mean, like to different generation, a band has a different identity, and I think that's even it, even it deepens the well of confusion I have about brand identity. Or band identity, identity, and you can use brand. It's pretty much the same thing. Yeah, but how we classify band names and how we classify bands and how we think about bands. Yeah, 
it's a very confusing topic for me. And the stronger I argue against all these bands having the names they currently have, you essentially have been the more con- you, you contradict yourself about three times throughout this. Oh, I'm positive that I have because I'm very confused by it, and that's the whole yeah. point of me being like having the strong opinion about all these things. I think we need to start drawing lines in the sand about how we title bands. Okay, let me do this. I'm gonna throw out some band names to you. Okay, you tell me if they need to add a 2.0 or not to their name. Okay, Weezer. Uh. Yes. They need to add a 2.0? Uh, so yes, 2.0, no 2.0. Hmm. I threw a tough one right out the yeah, gate. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing, is I think every single case is a tough one. I mean, regardless of how good you think their albums are, I personally don't think they need to add a 2.0. They have had the entire same band the entire time. They have stayed true to that pop rock mm-hmm. that they've been doing since the beginning. Yeah, they were a little punkier in the beginning, but by the time you get to Pinkerton and like Red Album and stuff like that, like right. and Green Album, they, they're starting to go more... All right, well, then what about Coldplay? 2.0 or no 2.0? I'd say no 2.0. Even though Coldplay is completely different. Now Coldplay went from being a kind of weird eclectic pop rock band to being they the were, YouTube They bullshit. started British pop, uh-huh. but the songs that hit big were the pop songs. Scientist? Yeah, like I guess that hit big, but that wasn't near as big as like Yellow. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're probably not, I don't think you're wrong. I definitely think that The Scientist is more quintessential to their sound than, than Yellow. But if you look at their album progression, it makes sense, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Because if, you go, like X, if sense. you go from like X and Y, because uh-huh. it went X and Y and then Viva La Vida, right? Uh, there's something between those, I believe. I'd have to look it up to get the Well, whatever. Exact it doesn't matter. Like, if you look at their progression, uh-huh. where they are now makes total sense. Oh, absolutely. It makes sense. But what I'm getting at is... So if it makes sense, then why do they need a 2.0? Because at some point they stopped being the band they originally were, and now they're a new, more homogenized pop rock sound. I just think they've matured into a different sound. How is that different? We mature into different thought processes. We mature into different things in our lives. Why can't a band mature into different things in their career? I think they absolutely can, but I think the spirit of of what Coldplay was and what I think of when I think of Coldplay is gone. Back to that point. Well, then I think in 20 years you need to change your name. Uh, Again, no, because it's the same consciousness. I think I think when it comes to people, as long as we continue the same consciousness, Coldplay the same consciousness. Not, no, 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 no. Coldplay as an entity does not have a consciousness. Coldplay's members have consciousness, but Coldplay as an entity does not. In the same way that this apartment does not have a consciousness, but it has the entity or the the members of its entity do. But every time someone moves in, they don't change the address. No, you're right, but they change the nickname or whatever they call this house, so they may not call it Bree's apartment anymore or Cheryl's apartment anymore. They might call it Matt's apartment and Carly's apartment. I call it the honeymoon suite. Yeah, or the honeymoon suite. <laughs> I just came up with that right now. I kind of <laughs> like it. I think I'm going to start doing that. Uh, I'm okay with you calling it the honeymoon suite. I mean, we're going to have to tell Carly that you and I are getting married, but <laughs> <laughs> as long as she's okay with it, yeah, we can call this the honeymoon suite. Yeah. I'm moving in up to that room, the one above us. Cool. You can take my rent. Excellent. <laughs> um, okay, so Coldplay. Okay, so we differ there. Right. Weezer, we didn't, you know, I don't think you really gave a definitive answer. Uh, yeah, because I think, I think Weezer walks the line of being the gray area, where Weezer's sound has changed. I mean, first, last album. Pretty dramatic difference. I mean, think about that's the, the scope. I mean, think. remember when... when uh, like Blue Album versus White Album, essentially, yeah. Yeah. And but, do you realize that that album came out in 1994? Yeah. I mean, that's 22 years ago. That's the entire... That's how old you are, minus a year. I mean, that's... I'm 24. Minus two years. Uh, I forget we're the same age. Anyways, what I'm getting at is, is that album is, is literally the age of a young adult. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like... So, over a band's 22 years, to, to, for the variation, you could uh-huh. call it, that they've had... Yeah, it's very it's narrow. Not, yeah, it's not that much. And so I think... I, I would th- argue no 2.0. Well, I think more to the point is the fact that, that Weezer kept its band identity... It it never tried to be something it they stayed, weren't. It stayed nerd pop rock. Yeah, they stayed Weezer. They stayed essential, you know, I'm Buddy Holly, you know, yeah. type rock, where it's just kind of a little silly, a little serious, um, and a little rock. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think I don't think Weezer ever... What we think of when we think of Weezer, I don't think that ever changed. And I think that's why they... I'm going to say no 2.0 for Weezer. Okay. Um, shoot, I'm trying to think. Obviously, Linkin Park, you think there should be like a 4.0 on uh, that. Yeah, I think Linkin Park should, literally every album 
uh, at this point is a new band. Well, also up, I th- to, up to what point? I think I think you can easily say that uh, Hybrid Theory, Reanimation, and M- Meteora. Well, Reanimation was all the yeah, Mr. Han, stuff. right? But I think those three you could attribute to the same band and just call Reanimation their a remix album, which I think is really interesting. But I think Collision Course is a Fort Minor album that we don't. Which one was Collision? That was the one where it was Jay Z and Lincoln Park. They mashed up Jay Z's most recent album. Oh with, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, Meteora. yeah. That was sweet. Oh yeah, it absolutely was. But I think that's and and Lincoln Park gets weird because there's two spinoff bands that identify as the two big parts of Lincoln Park. So when you think of Lincoln Park, you think of Chester and you think of Shinoda. And Chester is kind of that that spirit of like the the hardcore kind of like hardcore grunge rock, where she knows that that rap rock style. Okay, if you're talking about the spinoff band being Chester, being Stone Temple Pilots' lead singer for like two days, no, 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 no. Uh, he has a band called uh, Dead by Sunrise. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So so Chester's Dead by Sunrise, I think, is closer to Hybrid Theory than any album since. And that I was think all, yeah, that was it's, yeah, because yeah, it's like this hardcore grunge rock. And I think Shinoda's Fort Minor is closer to things like Minutes to Midnight and things like Meteora, where like they're a little more rap rock. Well, more most of the things are produced by him and Han. So right, and that's totally fine because the, the the band identity is this kind of mesh. When you think of Hybrid Theory, it's this mesh of grunt, hardcore grunge rock and and rap rock, and you know they're they're basically where those Venn diag- the middle of that Venn diagram between those two genres. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because of the Chester Bennington influence and the, the Mike Shinoda uh, influence. But then they both split off and did this, just their albums. And so then they had Fort Minor albums and Dead by Sunrise albums. And I think now when we're looking at their current albums, it's really those two ideas more refined and then smashed together again, which I think yeah. is exactly what Hybrid Theory was. I'd say Meteor is probably closer to that. I think Meteor might be closer only because it's heavier rap rock yeah, and it's heavier electronic. Because when you think of... of and and here's the weird thing is when we think of hybrid theory, we don't really realize how much electronic was in there. Yeah. But uh, crawling is a very electronic uh, song. High voltage. Well, when we say electronic back in that day, it was essentially just the use of a keyboard. Yeah. Well, yeah, a keyboardist with uh, a, a keyboard and of, a DJ. Of, exactly. And that's all Mr. Han is. He's uh, he's a DJ. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like half the beats. I mean, half the half the backing tracks you hear are from his his pad. Oh, absolutely! And even in Hybrid Theory, a lot of a lot of the backing track were from him. I mean, yeah. just I mean, even their most iconic song in the end, yeah, was very heavily keyboard. I mean, the whole melody that we remember, yeah, is a keyboard. piano. Yeah, well, a keyboard, piano, whatever doesn't really yeah. matter. But yeah, Lincoln Park, I think, is is the most confusing in this in this conversation because there's. It's literally, I think, at least four bands. I think it's Linkin Park, and then I think it's Linkin Park with uh, Mike Shinoda, then I think it's Linkin Park with Chester, and then I think it's Linkin Park with this weird U2 semi-political agenda, and then I think there's... Which no one understood. They're like, wait, are you trying to be political? Yeah, and I don't know what's like, going on. And then there's like the two... Let's talk about being sad again. Yeah, right? <laughs> and then there's... Yeah, let's talk about how life is meaningless. Let's yeah, stop talking about like you know Martin Luther King. Um, <laughs> but then you have like these two Han albums, which are Han remixing Lincoln Park albums, and then I think you have. But they never put those out as official albums. Those were reanimation B sides. No, 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 no. reanimation like is an official B- album. I I would consider it more like a B side. I mean, yeah, you can consider a B side album an official album, but I think it's a B side album. Uh, I'm going to concede that to you. I'll, I'll say I'll agree with you on that one. Yeah, so yeah, like okay, yeah, so it may con- be an official album, but it's not technically like a progression album but, like you would normally. Have. But then let's well, I think we should still classify Reanimation and Collision Course. Well, actually just Reanimation then as a Han album, and Collision Course is a Jay-Z Mike Shinoda album. Yeah. But not a Linkin Park album. Even though it's under we'll call Lincoln it Rick Park's. Rubin's Linkin Park album. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you have stuff like Minutes to Midnight, which is not that's Linkin Park 2, like 2.0. And what would then, you say that's Han Shinoda or Chester? Uh, I think it's it's Han Shinoda record label. I think that's what made up that album. Okay, uh, mostly record label with a little bit of Shinoda and like Han showed up for the paycheck, yeah. <laughs> and then Chester sang a little bit because he's still part of Lincoln Park. Han was just there until he get his money to for to make his mall shooting movie. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 uh, Chester was just there so he could fund Dead by Sunrise, <laughs> his his real passion project. Yeah, but yeah, I mean that's. So Lincoln Park is at least five bands. Now we're getting at at least five bands. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Yeah. I'm, I'm tired of discussing this. Yeah, I mean, um, F Lincoln Park. I'm trying to think the next band. 
I'm trying to do bigger bands that oh, yeah, people that, would know, not just like me and you. Like I say, the Wonder Years, I'm going to be like, no 2.0, obviously. Oh, obviously. But I mean, but there's, I also a, think, there's a case to be made between Greatest Generation and No Closer to Heaven. But I also think, uh, God, you know, honestly, Generation is just a freaking yes, good album. their best album. I was really, I was thinking about it the other day after you said it to me. I was like, man, I really like No Closer to Heaven, but God, Generation. Yeah, I just, I just listened just, to Generation again so last week. Good. Yeah, because I, I just stumbled on this this little pop punk band called uh, Aiming for Average. Yeah, you tried to tell me about them for like three months now. I really enjoy them. Anyway, so I was, I was listening to their Spotify, and I, I was looking through the related artists because I wanted to see like who they were like neighbors with. And I uh, the very first one is... Wonder Years. Yeah. And so then I went to like every Every small pop, pop punk thing yeah. is going to have Wonder Years. Is there for, it's going to be like Wonder Years or Newfound Glory. Choose one. Exactly. So it, it was Wonder Years. I clicked on it, and then I was like, oh, I have to listen to Generation. And so I listened to the whole thing. We'll throw the vinyl on when we're done. Oh, I'm down. Uh, we'll get Will to come over, and we'll do that. Perfect. Um... So, yeah, I mean, let's, let's steer away from the weird smaller bands because, yeah, exactly. We'll run into that problem. Because, like, well, let, let me let me go into smaller bands for a second. Okay. Um, smaller bands is in the sense of, okay, I'll call it what I like to call it the Warp Tour scene. Okay. Um, bands like Wonder Years, I say, have very good progression. You know, they've they've dived into some more different styles yeah and i don't think they ever left their wheelhouse i think they just tried to find the edges of where their elbows can oh yeah totally you know I mean? they definitely push boundaries with what you can do in pop punk and still call it pop punk because i would say yeah. that last album was almost not a pop punk album it it yeah it starts leaning towards outside of pop punk but i would never say it wasn't yeah in the same way that i'd never say that i'd um, say it's almost like a post-hardcore album yeah, but I mean, there's a weird blurred line there in between post-hardcore and, and pop-punk now. I mean, like, every pop-punk band that I'm listening to in the last, like, year or so seems to ha- be wearing the skin well, that's because of a the post- emo. that's because of the emo revival, and you've been finding all the emo revival pop-punk well, bands. But also, just, I feel like every single pop-punk band I find has these really strong post-hardcore elements. Well, hardcore and pop-punk go together well. Seriously, just, oh, they do. just exactly. take pop-punk and make it, like, dirty and, and like, faster, super fast. Aggressive. Yeah, and just like add double bass to it, and you got and make the lead singer scream instead. You got hardcore. Oh, which is exactly why I think that that a lot of the pop punk bands I've been listening to have, are wearing the skin. Is the phrase I've been using is they're wearing the skin of a post hardcore band. Yeah, but they're acting like pop punkers, which I think is a great thing because I mean they always went well together, and now I think that the genre now that it's moved that way as part of this emo revival because with this weird post hardcore influence, I've actually really enjoyed because it's like my favorite thing about the old pop punk scene. It was like the super aggressive hard songs and my favorite, like, and, but mixed with these like really emo sentimentalities where like, it's gonna be this really aggressive song where I'm going to talk about why I'm upset that my girlfriend left me. Mm-hmm. And like that, I think is a really cool dynamic of like this yeah. really hard, aggressive thing with this very sensitive tone. I would say like, at least with the evolution of pop punk, since that is my favorite genre of music, right. like nineties when it really came into fruition was very more punk with like aspects of pop uh-huh. like you think about like early blink 182 those were like true punk albums yeah and you then, know, but the, but because they were in major keys instead it became pop punk and then in the 2000s you got the emo wave in pop punk right so the paramore like, the fallout boys take back, back sunday the use jimmy world uh-huh. like all that stuff and then it kind of went away for a minute well what's funny um, is, is now we think of even bands like that followed in that that fallout boy uh era now we kind of think of that as like skate punk. I wouldn't call that skate punk. Right, but it led to what we think of as skate punk. Is what I'm getting at. Kind yeah, because skate punk is kind of it's that same idea of like kind of silly, yeah. upbeat, you know, major core. Narwolves. Yeah, exactly. They're, Narwolves is total skate punk. Yeah, and a little bit harder than than Blink was. Oh, totally. But Blink, I kind of, I, I don't know. When, when, when we talk that's, about that's that's the kind of like just more punk and poppy, like the more like yeah, the yeah, more yeah. like just happy, fun type '90s stuff exactly. where everyone's just going around and like skanking and whatnot. I mean, what that's when it essentially had that ska influence. What I feel like we don't don't acknowledge about Blink One Eighty Two yet, at least, is that Blink One Eighty Two for the entire punk genre, I think, is as important to the genre as like the Pixies were to the idea of of indie rock. Yeah, or even oh, totally, or like even every, Floyd. Talk to, to every pop punk band; they'll tell you. I know every pop punk band's main two influences in pop punk: mm-hmm. Blink One Eighty Two and Newfound Glory. Like that's it. Yeah, and and but I think more just than the influences is so many genres spun off of Blink One Eighty Two in the same way that so many genres spun off of the Pixies. 
or yeah. Pink Floyd. Well, that's because everyone takes their all their influences, put them together. No bands. Right. Yeah. Okay. Or so how many bands took their influence off Nirvana? I mean, it's all the same thing. I think we we need to start realizing that Blink One Eight Two is as important to music today as Nirvana was to music ten years ago. Oh, you'll. I will always fight for that. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah. So back to crap. I forgot what we're talking about. Okay. So um, back <laughs> uh, to yeah, the bands. Uh, you were listening to bands. I was deciding whether or not it's yeah. two point or not. For me, a band. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to go through my. Okay, have you listened to everything by Sturgill Simpson yet? Have you listened to all three uh, albums? No, but I know where you're going with this already. Okay, so but have you, you've heard songs off of all three albums? Yeah, right? and I, the stylings are drastically different. Yeah, and yeah. I, Sturgill Simpson went from being a little more twangy country to he, being he, the this... first album was total like outlaw backwoods country. Second yeah. album was essentially acid country, and, and then the third is... one is like blues country, right? Which is probably my favorite album of the year and i th- i think i think that's where we start getting into things like the idea of band identity being an experience and a growth would you say it's easier to change just being one person i, I think definitely it's easier to change because again we can never say sturdo simpson isn't sturdo simpson the conversation then has to turn to stuff like i liked sturdo simpson's acid country album as opposed to his 20 country album yeah um i think more to the point is is sturdo simpson as an artist is experiencing growth, and that's kind of the experience of following the artist. Whereas following Fall Out Boy is kind of the experience of like you know throwing down and having a, like a blast in a concert at the same time, kind of feeling something a little sad about these old songs. I think the idea of so following you would say Sturgill Simpson has growth as a musician, and Fall Out Boy has a like a devolution as a musician. Yeah, I think I think Fall Out Boy strayed away from where they were supposed to, or where their fans were going to them for. Their fans were going to them for a handful of reasons that then they drew away from. Whereas with Sturgill Simpson, you're going to Sturgill Simpson because you want to experience a little bit of Sturgill Simpson. Yeah, you want to see everything. Life. Exactly. You want to you want to tap into a little bit of what his life is like. You want to see country with a full brass band. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's the same thing with like Frank Turner. Like Frank Turner could come out tomorrow and do like a blues album and it'd still be Frank Turner because yeah. it's one it's a single artist who his entire, you know, catalog of of artwork is under his name. But what would you say so maybe so maybe there's a band out there mm-hmm. that like I'm trying to think of a band. So say anything. Okay. Do you listen to say anything? Yeah. Max Bemis writes all of it. Okay. No one else writes any of it. But each each album has been different. Yeah. So that's 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 his musical expression changing and adapting. But here here's here's the difference. I think in the same way that like Thirty Seconds to Mars is Jared Leto, mm-hmm. and will always kind of be Jared Leto. I think everything. Or I guess a better example for this argument would be Sturgill Simpson. If, for instance, Blink-182 started painting, we wouldn't call them Blink-182's paintings. We'd call them like, oh, those are... The paintings by Mark or Tom exactly. or Matt or... Whereas Sturgill Simpson, if Sturgill Simpson started painting, we'd never say... We'd never think of it as a different artist or a part of it. It's like, oh, no, that's just Sturgill Simpson's right hand. You see what I'm saying? So say anything... Really. Okay, so... Just because Sturgill Simpson is painting doesn't make it not part of so his... So you're saying it all depends on how many collaborators go into that band? Yeah, maybe. I mean, I definitely think in the case of Say Anything, it has to do more with all of it's being written by one person. Yeah. And in the same way that Radio had a lot of it's being written by one person. Yeah. Maybe not all of it, but most of it. I'd right. say at least 90%. Again, what we think of as the identity of the band is that one person. Mm-hmm. Say Anything is... I'm sorry, what's his Max name again? Bemis. Max Bemis. Say Anything is Max Bemis with these dudes that play instrumentals. Yeah. In the same way that Frank Turner and whatever his band's name is, is Frank Turner plus this band. Okay. It's just a different naming tool, but it's the, the identity of the band is still Mark Bemis, Frank Turner, Sturgill Simpson. Okay, then I'm going to throw this back to you about Go Fall Out Boy. Okay. Pete Wentz writes most of the songs. He probably writes 90% of the songs. Uh, yeah, and now you may have caught me in, in me not being able to argue that because I think I just argued against myself on that Exactly. One. Yeah. So that is his musical progression. But I, I would argue that, that he's... Because Andrew... I was literally reading on the computer today. Uh-huh. Andrew Hurley, their drummer, right? he's a huge hardcore kid. Okay. Like, Fall Out Boy, actually, their first songs they ever wrote were hardcore songs. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Um, well, I'd, he, I'd, just, I'd, he just released would, sorry, a new guys. demo for a new hardcore album that he's putting out with uh, guys from Earth Crisis. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I, I think 
what we have to get into so is... So obviously Fall Out Boy is not his band. Right, but we have He's to just figure the out... of Fall Out Boy. Then we have to figure out how much influence he... Uh, sorry. Pete Wentz. Pete Wentz is, is allowing on to Fall Out Boy from outside forces. Because... You and, mean, so what are his musical influences that are causing him to write the way he writes? No, 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 no. What's, what's forcing him... Uh, not, I guess, forcing him is... What's causing him to go poppier instead of punkier? Right. And if it's a personal decision, then I think I have to rewrite a little bit of my, my argument I would for say a follow-up point. Is. I mean, I, would, I, would I don't argue think that you're ever going to get him to admit, oh, yeah, I did it for the money. I, I think a lot of it has to do with the, the drummer label. and guitarist, Will. I've talked to him. <laughs> yeah, so that's what I'm saying, is, is the label and, and all the forces that are making them write whatever shitty pop rock they're doing now for whatever movie they're going to do it for. Like, in the same way that, uh, what's his face? Um, Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran did... Uh, Sheeran? Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran. I've never... You know what? I've only seen his name. I've never said it out loud. Um, <laughs> how often do I ever talk about Ed Sheeran? Good point. Neither do I. Yeah, exactly. The only time I really ever knew one of his songs is because it was my buddy's song for his first dance at his wedding. Oh, that's adorable. But what I'm getting at is, is he did that, uh, the, the song for the end of the first Hobbit movie oh did he yeah he did uh this it's called the fire to the mountain or whatever it is oh. but it's like that's very obviously not an ed sheeran song it's just performed by ed sheeran right so are these fallout boy songs no like truly from the heart and soul of fallout boy or are they as performed by fallout boy because what was that big hero six song that they did Invincible? Yeah. Well, that was from their album. Or Immortals, oh. I think was the name of it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't think that is a Fall Out Boy written song. I think that is a performed by Fall Out Boy song. Okay, that's fair enough. Right. But taking away the songs that they did for movies and just sticking to their albums only, most of it is written by Pete Wentz. Patrick right. Stump recently has more influence. Because if you watch when they broke up and he did his own side thing, he did like pretty much a white soul album. But we're still calling we're still calling Immortals a Fall Out Boy song. And that's the problem. Okay. Start calling that Fall Out Boy As performed by Fall Out Boy. As performed by Fall Out Boy song. Which actually wouldn't be a bad name for a band. We should make a band called As Performed by Fall Out Boy. <laughs> and make it just like a really weird like pop rock. It has nothing to do with anything Fall Out Boy. No. Or no, let's be post rock. Fuck no. it. Let's go really weird. No. Let's just go into the wind. All right. All right. I'm going to throw out another band. Um, yeah. I'm not sure how familiar you are with them. Thrice. Okay. Yeah. Um. <sighs> One of my favorite bands of all time. Have you heard the new album? I have not. Oh, uh, okay. We're going to play that first. Okay. I think, I think the problem with Thrice is I'm not familiar enough with the entire discography of Thrice. Okay. I would say personally... They are still thrice. They would not get a 2.0. Uh-huh. They started as a post-hardcore band. Okay. And they kind of, around Vuesu, um is where they kind of steered away and started going a little experimental with things. Uh-huh. But they got, some songs sounded even heavier. I mean, they got away from a lot of the, like, the hardcore type stuff and went to more just like, I don't know how to describe it. Personally, I would just say they're not a 2 uh, 2.0. If anyone out there knows, you can let us know <laughs> what you think. Um Okay. Uh, oh, here's one. Against Me. Uh, okay. Against identity. Huge change. Yeah, and I think Against Me. Do they get as Against Me Transgender Edition? Uh, no, I think Against Me gets, gets a 1.0 throughout. And I think specifically for the reason that Against Me is really about her journey. I think the 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 identity of the band is about her journey. Like if you look at Transgender Dysphoria Blues, I think that entire album is is a not necessarily a rewrite, but it's kind of a it's really the culmination of everything before that come together with the identity of uh God, what's her name? Uh Laura Jane Grace. Yeah. Uh sure. I believe it is. Well, Sorry if I'm gone. If if we're totally wrong, let's just call it against me's lead singer. Uh, whoever Just she may her. be, her, or uh, it, or they, or whatever. They honestly, go by. and and here's here's where against me, kind of I, I may be too biased on this because I think Transgender Dysphoria Blues is the best pop or is the best punk album of the last ten years. Ooh, yeah, and and it's a very strong. And I'm not saying best pop punk. I think 
and, and no, they're punk. Oh, absolutely. They're what I'm saying punk, is in the entire punk. in the entire genre and in all corners, pop, of pop punk. punk pop I think yeah, I think it outshines yeah. everything. And I think because it's so specifically, and I wrote an article on this. I think it's so specifically is the idea of punk realized in today's world in such a way that no one else could possibly write an album as good as Transistoria Blues in the last ten years. It is it the whole idea of the album is. And and this is I don't want to offend anyone because this is delicate water to tread in. Just say it, dude. Well, no, no, no I'm not. It's not that. I'm, I'm sorry if you get offended. These are just opinions. <laughs> We're not going to hate you. We don't care. All well, right. We. I'm not trying. Everyone's not allowed to, to think what they want to think. Hate, but when, you, when when I experienced the album Transgender Dysphoria Blues, what I experienced was, uh, the 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 songs of a woman who was kind of raging against the ideas of of the world and how they approach transgender. Um, in fact, there's uh, one line off of God. I think it's the first or second song of the album. I forget the name of it, but um, uh, God, if I can remember the entire line. But part of the line is uh, they just see a faggot, and it's like very aggressive. And the whole idea is that they don't see her anymore. They just see they see a guy who now thinks he's a woman. They don't see exactly. Woman. They they see whatever they want to see and they don't see the person and that's offensive to her and that's what the song is about and so the song is 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 a rally against literally most of you know her not her audience but a lot of the world around her whenever she walks down the street she is going to draw a couple odd looks and that's really unfortunate because she doesn't deserve to be looked at as different she's just a person who's trying to live her life to her fullest and so that whole album is about that concept, about the idea of I'm a transgendered person and I'm dealing with all of this. I'm dealing with what goes along with I'm, being a transgender person yeah, in today's I'm, I'm world. I'm dealing with the dysphoria blues of being a transgendered person because it's not we're not living in a society that is totally comfortable with transgendered yet or transgendered peoples yet. And so that that whole idea of raging against all these very mainstream concepts is kind of what the heart of punk was. Punk, oh, totally. as an idea, when it started, was this idea of raging against the establishment. And she is raging against an establishment that is so much larger than any establishment that's been raged against. So you're saying, ideally, it's the most punk. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, musically, I think there are a handful of albums that are also incredibly good in the last 10 years. I think Transgender Dysphoria Blues is an incredible, musically written punk album but you're saying the idea of it more yeah per- and this, supersedes essentially anything else because exactly. it makes such a statement exactly in the same way that that no one will ever be able to write as indian weird an album as neutral milk hotels in the airplane over the sea i have never listened to them oh it's in neutral milk hotels is why they regard as one of the like quintessential indie bands and, yeah i'm not and, a big fan of indie i actually like to do things at well, shows they're super weird and i don't think anyone will ever come close to rewriting an album like in the airplane over the sea i'll probably hate it and and i think in that same sense transgender dysphoria blues can never be matched as far as the the amount of punk that goes into an album at least not for in there's no way that i can imagine it happening again you mean so when you say the most amount of punk i just want to get this right the most amount of like ideological punk. punk. yeah absolutely okay cool well i think that's a good place to kind of wrap it up oh absolutely we've been going at this for far too long that's only been 55 minutes we have to listen to a ton of music now and yeah um absolutely share bands because there's also this just speaking since we talk about against me um there's a band i just got really into called creeper that literally is close to against me as i think i could find without just finding another against me album that i didn't realize existed like it's it's so it's so uncanny good punk it's got a lot of weird influences to it but every time i listen to it all i can think of is is uh against me for sure all right well david thank you very much for being here i'm sure you'll be back again oh i can't wait yeah um anything you would like to plug any handles twitter facebook whatever uh you can find me on twitter at dave j navarro um and it's that way because i like to steal uh my cousin's name or who may be my cousin i'm not really sure still but david navarro from from jane's addiction Addiction. yeah yeah if you're Um, out there 
Let's do a DNA test. Yeah, let's figure out if we're family or not. Uh, until then, I'm going to use my Twitter handle as Dave J. Navarro, just because someone might mistake me as you and then follow me because of it. Uh, also, I'll, I mean, you, they Instagram. Would. The photo's awful. Uh, I don't use Instagram ever, um, but you can find me at my new website, which should be up and running shortly, uh, the independent variable. It might be called the independent independent variable or the indie variable i still haven't bought the domain by name. the time this comes out we'll i'll put it in the uh i'll put it in the intro oh, excellent uh yeah so that website which is kind of all indie coverage of video games music movies uh and then hopefully podcasts and other fun things like that maybe this podcast i maybe know this podcast. i know i'll be contributing a little bit to the website oh absolutely um you're welcome to we it. already well, we already talked about we it. We have. <laughs> um, I need more music right But now. yeah, you can follow me. I'm not very active on Twitter and social media <laughs> really right now. Uh, don't try to find me on Facebook because I don't post anything unless you want to talk wrestling. And but you I'm can super follow down. him nonetheless. Uh, yeah, well, I'm a friend right now. I got to change that once we start posting these things. <laughs> um, but if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm going to start posting more. It is uh, Flannel is Comfy. <laughs> I'm at as flannel is comfy and Instagram will start pers- posting more. I'm at flannel shirts in summer. I <laughs> like to wear a lot of flannel. So wearing, and just, you'll see that in my Instagram posts. It's bullshit. He's wearing a San Francisco giants shirt that says world series champions. Yeah. This is from 2014 October. Yeah. Orange October, baby. I don't follow uh, baseball. It is. It is summer in LA. I'm not going to wear a flannel right now. Your, your Instagram is literally flannels in summer. You hypocritical I'm, asshole. <laughs> Go back to Frisco, you hipster. You all right, I'm, hipster. <laughs> I'm not even from San Francisco. I'm from Sacramento. Whatever. It's all the same to me. It's Northern California. It's not real California to me. And that's just my opinion. <laughs> Man. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you very much. And uh, we'll see you guys again soon. All right. Thanks for listening to that conversation with David. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I really had fun recording it. Again, that was the first interview we did record. I did record for this. And so it's it really nice to have David on. He's a very good friend of mine, very good guy. And, you know, we differ a lot on things uh, pretty much throughout any sphere of anything. But we do enjoy talking to each other and we can make it civilized. And that's what's the best part about hanging out with David is look for his website coming up soon. If it's not already out, the independent variable.com or indievariable.com. And also you can follow us, but that's just my opinion on Facebook and Twitter at BTJMO pod. And if you just type that in at the end of facebook.com, you'll get it there too. And also if you want to email us because you have any thoughts or opinions or anything like that, it's but that's just my opinion pod at gmail.com. So feel free to write in. I'll probably read some letters and emails if I get them at all. So I hope you guys send those in. All right, the song this week is off a new album. We just talked about this band, Blink-182. It's off their new album, California, that came out last week. It's called She's Out of Her Mind. It's my favorite song on the album so far. The more I listen to this album, the more I like it. I knew I liked it from the beginning when I first heard it, but the more I listen to it, the more it grows on me. It's a mature sound for them, but it's still Blink-182, and that's what I talked about in this past episode, and I just personally really love the band. I'm very excited that they're back, and I can't wait for more of their music. So thank you guys very much for listening today, and please stay tuned and subscribe. Give us a five-star review on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever. It helps us, and if you can spread the word about it, share the Facebook page, share the Twitter page. Any of that stuff would help greatly. So have a great week, guys, and we'll see you next time.
She's out of 